The way we consume and share news today, it is larger rooted in social media outlets, a reason why it's crucial to look at what's being discussed online from the hottest issues of trends for our daily social media minute. We're joined by Erica. Good morning. Good morning. Joining us from a different location. It's like yes. I travel with you. It's kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Daejeon this morning, actually. And the weather looks pretty pleasant outside. Yeah, the skies look okay today, actually. The sun just came up uh, about a, a few minutes ago. Okay. <laughs> Good morning <laughs> to you. Yep. All right. Uh, it's that time of the year. The ball will drop soon. We'll ring the bell and it will be New Year's. And there's a lot of hype around how we're going to send off 2023, including, not limited to, but including New Jeans performance at the New Year's Rockin' Eve. Yes. Uh, so the group, uh, just a few days, actually, after uh, they performed at the Billboard Music Awards and secured some major categories uh, at the award ceremony, they have been invited to perform at the prestigious New Year's Rockin' Eve uh, event hosted every year by Ryan Seacrest. He's still doing it, huh? <laughs> yes, he still had it. Uh, the superstar cast for the performance was unveiled last week by ABC and Dick Clark Productions. Mm, all right, something to look forward to. I guess if you're our American listener, you're very familiar with it. If not, just know that it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> yeah, it is. All right, tell us the lineup for this year's New Year's Rockin' Eve Festival. Yeah, so it's going to be a live webcast um, and uh, the event is scheduled to feature some big names, including Post Malone, New Jeans, uh, Ivy Queen, uh, Green Day, uh, Renee Rapp, Aqua, etc. Uh, The list is quite extensive, but uh, the interesting part is that uh, not all of these artists are actually going to be in New York to perform. They'll be performing from their respective, well, wherever they are, actually. (laughs) I I think in this day and age, especially after the pandemic, we figured out we could do this from different parts of the world. Sometimes uh, groups and collaborators, uh, they film music videos in separate cities and somehow merge it together. Remember Blackpink's Ice Cream? That kind of blew my mind. It's not the only case. It's just the one that comes to mind so not all of the artists will be physically present so i can't wow. see green day and new jeans side by side <laughs> oh green day gosh because that would blow my mind gets me back to high school yeah anyways uh, new jeans are going to perform uh two songs uh at the event virtually mm. uh one of them is super shy and the other song is eta Um, And uh, the group is not going to be at Times Square. Actually, they're going to bring their talent to the global audience by performing right here from South Korea. Uh, In fact, all of these artists, like I mentioned before, the performances will take place in different parts of the world. I think that makes it, you know, extra cool, right? I think it Uh, makes it extra 2023. (laughs) Yes, that's right. So, you know, fans are thrilled to, you know, hear the news of New Jeans performing Mm. at this event. They rush to social media to uh, express their support for the group. Uh, Yeah, so a a fan wrote, Hobie last year and now New Jeans this year. Oh, I'm so seated. (laughs) And uh, this event, Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve, it's a a New Year's Eve tradition in the United States. Mm -hmm. It's scheduled to air on Sunday, December 31st, Mm -hmm. starting at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on ABC. For viewers here in South Korea, the show is going to be available 
to watch on January 1st at 10 a.m. Uh, now, Rita Ora is going to co-host the show with Ryan Seacrest. And the two, they're going to count, count down to midnight from Times Square in New York City. Erica, you're very well-traveled. Have you ever seen the ball drop like live in person? No, I actually haven't. I've put it on my bucket list. list Yeah. Me too. And you would think that when I was closer living in the United States, I would have flown to New York. But I think the crowds each year kind of deterred me from going and the cold. Here's me just a tad. One of my biggest fears, you know, being at a concert or any event with large crowds of people is what if I need to go to the bathroom? Just things like that bother me. <laughs> You're so practical. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, but uh, anyways, someday, fingers crossed. <laughs> All right. I-, I hear if you see the ball in person, it's a little bit underwhelming because it's kind of small. It's not yeah. huge. I, not know- like you see on the screen, right? No. When they zoom, zoom it up. Yeah. Yeah. So it might be nice to just watch it from your home. I think it's kind of funny that for Korean viewers, we see that first thing in the morning, January 1st next year. Something I look forward to. Now, our second buzzword of the day. Now I've seen everything. A neighborhood bathhouse magazine. Yes, I know. How interesting is that? There's a magazine dedicated specifically to mogyuktang or bathhouses uh, in the in the city of Busan. Actually, uh, this is a new magazine uh, that roughly translates to neighborhood bathhouse in English, and it basically captures the essence. Uh, and the cultural significance of these uh, local mogyoktang or bathhouses, which is, uh, you know, they're still around, I mm, guess, mm. but uh, they're sort of a fading uh, custom or culture yeah. here in Korea, but still cherished by many people. And the publication is a project of the urban branding company, Site branding or site branding. Okay, so this magazine dedicated specifically to our Mugyoktang or bathing or bathing culture, excuse me, is definitely something new. I've certainly never heard of it before. Uh, what did the publishers have in mind when they launched the magazine? Did they want to maybe see these spaces, keep its heritage, be utilized otherwise, things like that? Yeah, something along that line. So the magazine's publisher emphasizes the need uh, not only to observe the gradual disappearance of these bathhouses, but uh, they wanted to actively engage in, you know, thinking about their fundamental value and role in the Korean community. Uh, The intent is to sort of prepare for a future that still appreciates and includes these bathhouses uh, in the day to day lives of regular people and it focuses on the sort of the the warm culture created by these bathhouses in local uh, Busan neighborhoods. So the goal, the ultimate goal is to foster a consensus on the importance of preserving these communal spaces uh, as valuable cultural assets. The thing is, nothing is quite as intimate as sharing the bathing (laughs) experience, as you can imagine. And there's a whole culture around it. So why not talk about it? Why not dedicate magazines to it? And maybe they can expand further if this turns out to be successful. Because you said it's starting out in Busan, right? Yes, actually, they launched the series in October with their first issue featuring uh, Busan Bath. And it was followed by Kudok Bath the following month in November and then Bungne Bath in December. And they 
planned to publish 10 issues every year. And during the peak winter and summer months, uh, you know, for example, January to February and July to August, uh, combined issues are expected to be published. And like you said, uh, they plan to sort of expand uh, the issues to other regions around Korea. Uh, and uh, they also plan to uh, publish a special issue on bathhouses in Tokyo, Japan, for example, as well. So they plan to take it a little bit more global <laughs> in the months to come. <laughs> if all goes well, why not? Uh, you know, I think there's a different kind of magazine culture today. I mean, it's kind of like coffee table books, right? They're collectibles. Yes. And I don't think magazines dedicated to bathhouses are time sensitive. It's not supposed to be just information. This is where you go. It's more about the culture. Culture and the history, right? Yes. And I'm sure beautiful photography. This is so fun. You know, you know the beauty of these uh, public bathhouses mm -hmm. is that there's spaces where members of the community that get gathered together, mm -hmm. uh, no matter their age or their job or status, they can spend time together in their most vulnerable state, like <laughs> Uh, and, you know, uh, for decades, these bathhouses have sort of functioned as community hubs. Mm. So they do serve a purpose, an mm. important purpose that we often forget about. Mm -hmm. And the project is not just about reminiscing about the past mm. of these bathhouses. The goal is to collectively sort of explore and rediscover the future of bathhouses in Korea. You know, I mean, I'm not saying all these bathhouses will survive. Some will fade into history books, yeah. but at least as Jock it to the T and we can have conversations about how we can upcycle these spaces, which has been done mm -hmm. in different parts of Seoul, right? I've seen yeah. many bathhouses turned cafes. Is, yeah. is that kind of old news now? But, you know, there's ways to do that. I, I love going to the Mukhtang, actually. <laughs> Me? Yeah, I <laughs> Me always too. have loved it since I was a kid, you know, going with my mom. And uh, I don't know, I just love the feeling afterwards of walking out. <laughs> you like, know, my, my skin is like tingling yeah. from like sitting hours in like hot tubs and in, in wet saunas. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. A dedicated magazine to bathhouses and preserving its culture. Let's move on to our final buzzword of the day. So Miss France contestant with a pixie cut is apparently under fire for I don't understand why, but there's a, a bit of controversy around her beauty. Yeah, so 20-year-old Yves Gilles was uh, crowned the new Miss France in front of 7.5 million TV viewers over the weekend. Uh, but the beauty pageant is now facing a sort of really bizarre backlash that uh, it has gone woke, people are apparently calling it. I need to cancel woke culture. I, I, just the reputation around it is, I, I think we've lost yeah. its purpose. But anyway, what, what happened, Erica? Yes, yeah, so uh, the judges uh, on the day of the pageant, they chose uh, Miss Gilles as uh, Miss France 2024. And uh, she sort of stood out from the rest of the, the women because she had this very short hair, pixie hair mm -hmm. cut. And, uh, you know, we're all familiar with, uh, you know, what beauty pageant winners typically look like. They have these like flowing long hair, mm -hmm. you know, they're curvy. Mm -hmm. And uh, Ms. Gilles, she, she's, you know, sort of she's skinnier mm -hmm. and she has this really short hair. And uh, she said, although everyone is sort of used to seeing beautiful contestants with long hair, she intentionally chose this rather androgynous look. Mm -hmm. And uh, she also praised her win as a win for diversity. She said uh, after the contest that no one should dictate who you are, 
because everyone is different. Every woman is different and that we're all unique in our own individual ways. So we're streaming the images of Miss France 2024. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why there's a controversy. She's dropped dead gorgeous and there's no denying that. I know. She's gorgeous. She's apparently the first winner in more than 100 years in the history of this pageant who doesn't have long hair. And this has been the cause of quite the disappointment for some viewers. Uh, Some people wrote on X, one person wrote, Miss France is no longer a beauty contest, but a woke contest, which Uh... is based on inclusiveness. And there was a lot of, uh, you know, backlash and uh, people weren't happy, basically. Okay, so that's a little misleading, isn't it? I mean, to group every movement as a woke contest is not just misleading. That's just disinformation. And what's most unfortunate is we're taking away from this woman who rightfully deserved the win. Now, we can have an entirely different conversations about uh, beauty pageants, but that's for another day, isn't it? Now, there have also been voices in support of, of course, Miss France. It's not just you and I, is it? Right. No, no, no. Many fans actually went onto social media to express their support and, uh, you know, support for the new Miss France. One fan wrote, quote, maybe the new Miss France isn't gorgeous in your eyes, but seeing her because she has short hair, it's just ridiculous. Mm. And, you know, politicians have chimed in as well. Apparently, this has been quite the controversial issues over in France as well. Uh, I don't know. It's just hair. (laughs) It's not. Seriously, right? Uh, hair doesn't tend to be that chatty. I, I don't uh, just let her be. Yeah, just let her be. <laughs> and I love her hair. I was going to say she's rocking yeah. it. It's one thing if it doesn't look good on her, yeah. but it looks fantastic. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Erica. Pleasure. I'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.